Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Today is Thursday, December 8th, a date that shall live in the calendar. <laughs> Joining us as always at the end of the week, either on Thursday or Friday, the Generalissimo himself, Dwayne Patterson, master producer for the Hugh Hewitt Show, also master of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-E.com, troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners, and Dwayne. Lots of news just this morning and last night to go over. I mean, sort of a um, a blockbuster trade in the WNBA, which you never actually ever hear anybody say. <laughs> but but thank goodness that Brittany Griner is on her way home. Very happy about that. Um, after nine months or 10 months, I guess, in Russian. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, the, the moral of the story there is you probably shouldn't do drugs. You probably shouldn't do things that are illegal in a, in a foreign country, regardless especially of who a, you are. Especially yeah. a hostile foreign country. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that, you know, probably best not to be stupid when you're abroad is 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 the moral to take away here. And the price that was paid to redeem Ms. Griner's stupidity is a is a steep one indeed. Um, look, the uh, the Victor Bout trade is one that you know you can look at Bout and say, okay, well he's kind of getting a little long in the tooth. Is he really going to go back and? I don't and, think he's that long in the tooth. I, well, I, think he's still, I, I, I don't think he's older than I am. I understand. Well, wait a uh, minute. What are you saying about me, Dwayne? <laughs> well, what I'm, what I'm saying is the left is trying to minimize this and say, well, come on. Yeah, know, I knew that how, was coming. How, how, how much is he really going to go back and do? Is, you know, is he really going to get back into the game and start blowing up Americans again and, and, and uh, you know, resurrecting his terrorist ways? Um, look, Brittany Griner got the raw end of a of, of a bad deal largely of her own making um there is a yeah i i just want to emphasize that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have been trying to get her out of it either absolutely I, I, i'm totally Abs fine I'm totally fine with the attempts to get her out of that that's not what this is about a ab absolutely not there is another high profile captive uh wrongly imprisoned by russia that has been there well, a lot longer so, and, so there's 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 two there's two possibilities here. Paul Whalen is is the person you're talking about. He's been there since 2018. He's correct. been there three years longer than Brittany Griner has been there, or almost three years, just a little a little under three years longer than Brittany Griner has been there. Now he's been convicted of espionage, and the U.S. is insisting that he is not a spy. He never worked in intel. He worked at corporate security for I forget which corporation it was. It was doing business in in Moscow. Right. Um, the U.S. is insisting that he never he was never a spy for the U.S. Now, either he's wrongly imprisoned for the crime of espionage, which means that we should get him out the hell out of there. Or he actually was an intel asset for the U.S., which means we should really get, get him the hell we, out of there. We should get him the, the, the hell out of there. Um, if you're going to trade a, a, a known terrorist for I, I, I just I, I just. I, I get that we want to um, put an American life um, uh, higher than than anybody else as far as value, and and it, and I again I agree with you. It's nice to bring her home, even though uh, she doesn't seem to like it here too much. She has said this much on multiple occasions, and she's got her little woke issues. That said, I'm glad that we moved heaven and earth to get her home. Uh, that. 
I, I, it, it's inexplicable to me that we did not do a two for one deal and get and get Paul Whelan or we two for two. There was there was apparently a two for two deal on the table. Too. Yeah, I see. I and I'm, I'm not understanding that. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get that either. And the only way that this makes sense is if they're working another deal for for Paul Whelan and Mark Fogel. Let's not forget Mark Fogel, who was arrested right. on exactly the same charges at pretty much the same time as Brittany Griner. He's a, you know, a, a, a school teacher, Mark Fogel is, he's been pretty much forgotten about this. Um, if they're, if they are negotiating a separate deal with somebody else, I can't imagine who you trade to get Waylon out when you had to, when you had to use bout, I thought it was going to be bout for Waylon. That would make sense. Bout for Waylon would make sense. I'm not sure how you trade a guy who was arming the Taliban reportedly arming the Taliban, Al Qaeda, as well as FARC. You know, FARC is what he got arrested for and, and tried in the United States. But reportedly, this guy's been arming the Taliban. This guy's been arming Al Qaeda. He's been arming all sorts of very malevolent terrorist groups in Africa, in the Middle East. He's going to go right back to doing that. Plus, he's probably not going to start trying to find arms to send to, uh, you know, ethnic Russian militias in the so-called annexed areas of Ukraine. Uh, I mean, that's that's this guy's forte. And and Vladimir Putin really needs to find weapons. I'm, I'm sure he's got other people doing that. But Bout had a lot of connections. He was the the leading guy for this type of thing uh, for for at least, what, 20 something years after the fall of the uh, Soviet Union. So um, he's a very bad dude. And I, I, I am not sure why you trade that for a WNBA star, no matter how much you like the WNBA star. And I mean, I'm fine with cutting a deal. Oh, oh well, oh, I, well, I mean, I know, I know why to make the trade. Well, it's a PR move. I mean, this is not as bad as Bo Bergdahl for, for no, five, no, for the Taliban no. five by any, this is leagues away from that kind of a trade, but it's you still not a very good just, trade. You just think it's a PR move. You you are not looking at you are not looking at the political ramifications of this. Oh, did you see Randy Weingarten's tweet? No. Let me read you Randy Weingarten's tweet. Uh, tweet. Now this is Randy Weingarten is is the uh, American Teachers Feder ATF. I forget is it American Teachers Federation? Is that what it stands? Uh, American AFT. American Federation of Teachers AFT. Excuse me. Um. Oh, I sure hope she's not stealing my thunder. What a great relief. Extraordinary news. A basketball star, but also a gay black woman is released. And yes, of course, we want other prisoners like Paul Whelan. Released. Okay. Okay. Well, well, she's, 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 she's a moron. That, that's, 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 that's not the, that's not the hook I was going for. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I assumed that that was the hook you're going for, because I'll tell you what, as soon as I tweeted out the fact that I thought it was strange that they, that they didn't prioritize Paul Whelan over Brittany Griner, I was being accused of being homophobic, of being racist. And it's like, I don't even bring any of those things up in this post. It's just that she's a celebrity. And my guess is that this is going to make, this is going to uh, be a celebrity boon for the Biden administration. I still think that that's probably the primary driver, but you have other thoughts. No, you see, here's what this is. Here's what this is. Do you know where the Griners and she and her spouse, uh, her spousal unit lives? Where, where they where they call home? No, actually, I don't. I'm not sure where they call home. Uh, suburban uh, Phoenix area. 
they're they 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 live they have a home oh she plays that's right she plays for the she plays for the phoenix wnba yeah and 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 you know well but i mean just because you play for a city doesn't mean that's where you necessarily live right but but they actually have a home there they 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 live that's their that's their primary residence so what took place on tuesday the runoff huh the runoff election Yes, and that concluded that that officially concluded uh, what um, the midterm the midterm cycle. So what began the very next day? Yeah, the presidential cycle. Yeah, you know. Well, not just the not just the presidential cycle. Okay. Well, now I'm intrigued. What is it? That but, you're but, at here? but 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 the senatorial cycle, right? And of all of the potential opportunities of all of the potential um senators that are up for re-election in the year 2024 there's a lot more democrats that are up for election than there are republicans but there's one state above all the others that is going to feature something a little out of the ordinary compared to all of the other Democratic uh, uh, defensive states uh, being, you know, or trying to be defended. Can you pick one of the eight or nine uh, states that uh, Democrats have to defend that might be a little different than normal? Uh, I haven't looked at the list recently, but there's a bunch of them they're going to have to do. Well, Kirsten Cinema is up for re-election in. Cinema is not going to be at risk. Kirsten Cinema. Oh, Kirsten oh, Cinema... oh, oh, wait, wait, wait! I'm not talking about a general election. I'm talking about a primary. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's much risk there either. Well, <laughs> except, I, 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 except, I, don't, I have a difficult time believing that this is about protecting Kirsten Cinema in a primary. <laughs> no, no, this isn't protecting her. This is this is candidate recruitment. Oh well, even then, <laughs> the left is going to want to that the left wants to run somebody that's a high profile person to run against Kirsten Cinema from the left. The fever what, Brittany swamp. Brittany Griner or, you or, or Sherry Griner? You no. betcha. No, I'm I'm doing this tongue in cheek. I'm, I, I was going to say. You're, so what's what's the what's the platform? I'm going to make it sure that people can safely smoke dope in Moscow. <laughs> she, 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 she covers, she covers the black angle. She covers the gay angle. She covers the dope angle. She covers the, um, the, the John Fetterman free all convicts angle. She, she, she checks off a lot of boxes if you're on the left. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You go with that. I'm By the kidding. way, John Bolton's John Bolton's over on CBS saying that this is a very bad mistake. It's a victory for Moscow over Washington and endangers other Americans in the future. Well, of course uh, it does. Well, I, I I can I can offer I can offer a, a bit of advice for Americans in the future. Don't go to freaking Moscow. <laughs> Stop going to Russia. Don't anything, go there. And anything to declare, yeah. Don't go to don't go to England. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I get Bolton's point. By the way, it's not just John Bolton who's raising this. Um, I forget the guy's name. Is an analyst over at MSNBC that's saying, "I I hate to be the skunk at the party, but this was a very this was not a this was not a win for the yeah, United I, States." I, I, and questions yeah. are going to be raised about this, and they should be. 
I you know yeah. I, I'm trying to remember who the who the guy is, but yeah, he is a he is a. Uh, um, I'll see if I can find it because I retweeted him and um he might be uh, a little bit closer to the top here. Um, Mark Polymer uh, Polymeropol Polymeropolis Polymeropolis. I've been yes. that out. Mark Polymeropolis is and, he, the, and and he's like you know I don't want to be the proverbial turd in the punch bowl here, but um, yeah. It's not but, a difficult, this is not a diplomatic triumph by the administration. This is a very difficult no. decision and we paid a very high price. Another American is still left behind. There should be questions on the one for one swap. Yeah. And, 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 and they're forgetting that there, there's a second one, a uh, second American too. It's there's not just, three. It's, yeah, well, yeah, there's, there's second or three. There's Paul Whelan and then there's Mark Fogel, the, the school right. teacher. Um, so yeah. Um, for Victor Bout, who is one of the who is one of the global baddest of the bad guys, um, that's that's a, that's that's a hell of a trade for Moscow. Moscow's got to get a lot of traction out of that trade. Um, and I suspect the reason that I suspect that what they're saying on Whalen is that they're not going to trade Whalen unless the United States cuts off Ukraine. Uh, my guess is that's the that's the only deal that Biden is going to get on Whalen and maybe Fogel, but probably for sure Whalen. And Biden's not going to do that, nor should he. Nor, nor should, should he. he. Yeah, nor right. should he. Uh, which which means which means Whalen's going to he he's going to die in prison at that point, unless yeah. unless uh, no, unless. I, I will say this: Putin you got to give away. it up for the Whalen family. Now, they're not happy about this, and the brother specifically is pretty outspoken about this. But they are saying they understand the deal that was cut, and they're happy that Griner's coming home. Um. David Whalen, his brother, said this is you know, Paul Whalen's been failed by his government for the second time, and he doesn't understand how his brother's going to have any hope at all once he learns that this deal bypassed him. Right. Um, but at least, you know, they they didn't have to say anything. I, 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 I can't imagine how difficult today is going to be for the Whalen family and for them to for them to step up and and try to, you know, um, yeah, you first off, make sure everybody's talking about Paul Whelan, but also to support the deal and and to celebrate Brittany Griner's return. I, I think that's just remarkable. And I think I think it's it, it should be noted. I put it in the post uh, because I think it's a, a very remarkable moment. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, massive kudos to them for that. But um, that doesn't mean that we can't ask questions about how this thing went down and what the deal is right. on on Whalen. And, and it's worth pointing out too that Whalen's been there since 2018. And the previous administration under Donald Trump wasn't able to get him out either. Um, and I'm not sure how hard they were trying, but they weren't they weren't oh, able to get him out. What, what, uh, Robert O'Brien uh involved in that thing. I I guarantee you they were trying hard yeah. to get him out. I'm sure they I'm sure they were, but I mean we just it was quietly done. Nobody really knows what what the situation was. So right. it's not the first administration not to get uh, Paul Whelan out of Russia. It's worth, it's at, at least worth noting that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't get the priority list on this at all. Um, yeah. Victor Bout, I mean, Paul Whelan should have been the guy to get traded for Victor Bout, especially since you know that Victor Bout's going to go right back to being active. He's only and, been in prison for a decade. He's, his contacts are still out there. And you know damn well that, that the Kremlin is going to, is going to make sure that this guy is safe and ready. Yeah. yeah. Ex exploited. Um, and I'm not convinced that the deal would have been uh, a um, a deal for um, 
the U.S. getting out of Ukraine and, and 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 cutting off cutting off Ukraine because if he's been in prison since 2018, uh, there had to be something else on the table to to turn him over because obviously this predates the the Russian incursion into Ukraine. So, well, it predates um, this predates the latest one. I mean, yeah, they, they incurred they incurred themselves in 2014, but nobody wanted to deal with it at the time. So, yeah. Well, and and we weren't really pushing back on it. I'm I'm no. just saying I'm just saying that there 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 had to, there has to be a, a an enterprise that's that's just as high and just as un, un untenable of a price to pay. Um, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, my guess is O'Brien would have negotiated something. I I would I would guess you're right. So this is obviously the the big uh, news of the day being reported on by everybody. And I'm going to be facetious here. It is actually being reported by the New York Times, by the skeleton staff that's been left behind by their one-day walkout. So I, I did Wordle this morning. I kind of had forgotten about this, right? I did Wordle this morning, and I, I like I usually do. I post the, I post the results of my Wordle score. I, I kind of screwed up. I got it in four. I really should have gotten it in three. And uh, somebody said, I forget, you know, somebody on Twitter said, you know, um, uh, normally this would be a stupid thing to post, but you know, I'm with you today. And it's like, wait a minute, why would it be a stupid thing? Why would today be different if it's a stupid thing to post? And it was, oh yeah, that's right. It's a New York times thing. And the New York times guild has announced a one day walkout over, um, over a wage dispute. They want to get more than a two, two and three quarter percent pay increase. It, I don't blame it, them. <laughs> but isn't, isn't that the equivalent of like a one day, uh, a one day gas boycott? Well, yeah, it really is. And and <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it, it's going to do what exactly? I, I don't I have no idea. I, I will relate to the story. OK, this is from when I was at the conclave in, in Rome, right at the Vatican. And I used to take the streetcar because I had a hotel. It was sort of off the beaten path. It was more in the um, more in the, the, the financial sector of, of Rome, but it had a straight path on the streetcar. And I like the streetcar. It was kind of cool to ride a streetcar. Um, so I would take the streetcar to the Piazza della Repubblica, which is right outside the Vatican, and just walk into the Vatican. And they, somebody said to me the day before, they said, you know, tomorrow's going to be a rail, going to be a transportation strike. I said, really? They said, yeah, it'll be one day. I said, why is it only going to be one day? It's because it's the same day every month. They strike every month. Right. <laughs> On the last day of the month, they strike. It'll start at eight o'clock and it, and wherever you happen to be at eight o'clock, that's where the thing's going to stop and it will stay put. You'll have to walk the rest of the way. So I was kind of prepared for this. I get in the streetcar and I'm thinking, how far am I going to have to walk? Right. <laughs> the thing pulls up. I mean, the regular stop was inside the Piazza della Repubblica. And I swear to you, it stopped about one foot away from the piazza. <laughs> and the guy, oh, wow. the, the driver shut the car down and he stuck a, a bar in it so it couldn't be moved. I, I, you know, like in the wheel or something like that. Not damaging it, but making sure that it couldn't be moved. <laughs> he just walked off. The rest of us are sitting on the streetcar thinking, um, I guess this is our stop. <laughs> I assume this is our stop. And so we all got out and filed off. And of course, I had to walk all the way back to the hotel that night. And the very next day, I get on the streetcar and go right back to the piazza. That's what this is. 
It's a paid day off at the New York Times. And they're hoping that everybody will miss them so much that it will create pressure on the New York Times management to settle this thing uh, favorably on their behalf. Um, okay, fine. It's a it's a guild. Um, they can they can do those sorts of things, but I mean, Dwayne, come on. <laughs> uh, like a day without the New York Times is a day without sunshine, man. <laughs> it's it's uh, again, you know, it, it's it, I I liken it to a, a one day a one day gas boycott. Um, everybody's you know we're gonna show we're gonna show those oil companies uh in, in their in their price fixing we're just gonna not buy gas for a day we'll 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 show them the power of the american people and then you know so what are you doing tomorrow well i gotta go get gas but didn't you need gas today well yeah but i, I was going to be part of this boycott you're okay right. we're, so you're going to buy gas tomorrow okay so every one of these new york times people that are walking out they're going to file stories tonight that are going to that are going to air tomorrow, right? I think they filed them last night, and they were getting pressured to file yesterday so the Times could run the stories today. Okay, uh, so so they have new yeah. content today, and they're going to file stories tonight that are going to air tomorrow, right? Right, right. And so it's and, not, so it's even, not even so it's not I, even a one day walkout. Well, I mean even. Uh, they were complaining about being pressured to file early, by the way, just they were complaining on social media, on Twitter about being uh, about being pressured to file early. But I mean, it's the same thing as, as the gas boycott in another way. You know, <laughs> if the story posts tomorrow instead of today. I'll read it tomorrow instead of today. If it's if it filed yesterday rather than today, I, I, it's still accessible. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, well, don't link, don't link, don't read, don't 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 consume anything from The New York Times. Well, look, I, I actually am linking something from the New York Times today because it was a topic I wanted to discuss. It, it, the China's 1984-esque um, uh, vanishing of zero COVID policies, which they actually have a pretty good piece on today. Um, it was filed last night. <laughs> so I'm going to link it. I'm going to play Wordle. I don't give a damn. You see, you uh, see, I, I, think, I think what's great about this is that this is one of those stories where we now have a new... Uh, we, we, we have, we have a new meme that Tom Cotton provided us, uh, uh, from last week in, in judiciary, when he was talking to the Kroger grocery CEO, you know, you know, talking about, uh, uh this, the CEO is, is begging Republicans to, um, help defend him against the regulation coming from, uh, Amy Klobuchar and the Democrats because she doesn't like the fact that Albertsons is going to merge with Kroger and all this stuff. And Tom Cotton is like, didn't you just fire a couple of employees in in a store in, in Arkansas in my neck of the woods because they refused to wear a, a, a gay-themed apron? And because of, of that, um, you want me to defend you because of my entrepreneurial um, um uh, spirit and 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 good nature well he he had a, a tagline at the end of that i'm sorry this is happening to you best of luck right um that that's the kind of thing that you that that you can now clip and that can be applied to any time the left is is eating itself which is what the new york times uh v its its staff is doing um if the New York Times is complaining that their people are 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 being, you know, uh, 
walking out and and just being surly little employees this is this is this is the environment that you fomented you're you're on your own best of luck to you if your employee thinking that it's such a hostile workplace um best of luck to you i i just i, I mean with 8% inflation, with, with all of the myriad of problems that this country faces, do you think anybody in the country at large gives 30 seconds of care about uh, the, the, the strike that is, is being a, a New York Times reporter or columnist these days? No. Of course not. Of course no. not. No, of course not. I, I don't even really care which way the... <laughs> Which way the, the, the right it's 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 like it's contracting falls out. They don't like it or two and three quarters percent raise. Well, I get that. I mean, it's it's not even halfway keeping up with inflation. Right. It, way, to me, by the way, what did the New York Times? What did the New York Times back <laughs> a couple of years, a couple of years ago in terms of in terms of policy direction for the United States? Hint, it wasn't continuity when we were inflation was like at around 1.6%. Right. I see this. I see this one day walkout in this, in this little squabble that's going on. I treat it like a New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox game. I don't give a shit who wins. All I wish is there was a possible way for both of them to lose. Well, you know, the, the New York giants and the, uh, what was it? The New York giants and the Washington commanders fought, fought their way to a tie. I'd be okay with that. They're, they're, they're doing basically the same thing. It's, yes. it's they're into, they're into OT and they're going to end up tied. You see, and, <laughs> and, and, that's, nobody that's, and, and, and nobody, and, right. Everybody walked away and, and nobody remembered, you know, an hour later and, or, or cared. That would, that would be the ultimate outcome. If yes. you're going to go on strike, go on. I mean, the thing about this is if you're going to go on strike, go on strike, <laughs> you know, don't pussyfoot about it. Don't do the one day stunt strike. Go on strike. You want to <laughs> go something on the line. You you you, you want to do something. Go out on strike, and you take the Washington Post reporters with you because even though you're competitors, deep down you're all part of the same bubble. Yeah, and I you think, all and vote I think the same should... way. You're ideologically uh, you know rowing rowing the same oar in in, in the in the water there um if you're gonna if you're gonna really do something and do some damage take the entire beltway press corps and all I, I think, yeah i think absolutely and you should include msnbc and cnn in that because you know things are kind of tough over at cnn and the um, slowly closes <laughs> yes uh yeah uh i i i'm sure i'm sure the fired cnn reporters would love to go out and strike and and and, and hang out with them and <laughs> It, it's just it's just such a stupid story all right so because it's a stupid story we're going to move on we've got a few minutes left here um golly what else do we want to talk about all sorts Spe of <laughs> yeah speaking of speaking of stupid stories um yeah. is there is there anyone dumber than andy biggs in, in the house republican conference Sure, Tom Tillis over in the over in the Senate over in the Senate Republican. Oh yes, August. yes, 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 yes. Um, Tom Tillis, Tom Tillis, who decided that he was going to announce a a uh, proposal, a framework for a comprehensive immigration reform plan at the same time that Joe Biden was announcing that he had better things to do than go see the border. 
Tom Tillis. Tom Tillis. Right before the moment, right before the moment when Republicans could actually start drilling down on the border catastrophe, and uh, thanks to their majority in the House, Tom, Tom Tillis is trying Tom to Tillis, get the rug out from under them. <laughs> Tom Tillis, who didn't learn the lesson from Marco Rubio, who didn't learn the lesson from John Cornyn, who didn't learn the lesson from uh, John Kyle. That 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 Tom Tillis. Yeah, well, you know, I would actually argue that the Marco Rubio thing, there's no comparison. Marco Rubio, the the the, the deal that they, Marco Rubio was trying to hammer out actually had a rational purpose. And if you could believe the sequencing, it was not necessarily, not necessarily a bad deal. But, but the, I mean, the timing on this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And, and the deal makes no sense. Why do a deal now when you're when you're going to get leverage in literally four weeks? You're going to have leverage to uh, to 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 force a better deal. <laughs> I mean, this this is it, this is insane. It's 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 not it's not insane. It's incredibly stupid. It's incredibly it's, stupid. It's, it's dumb. And and again, Tom Cotton basically came out and just and said, "No, this isn't going to happen. No." Just no. no. It's it's no. We're, we're we're this is not something we're going to do. Um, so, so just a backstory on that really quickly. I was asked yesterday to write up a you know a VIP post and sort of you know peg off of that peg off of the whole you know comprehensive image. It's like yeah, I'm going to do that one. <laughs> I've got I've got a couple things to say. Not not you know a VIP um uh you know uh, uh, a sales pitch VIP pitch post yesterday. It's like they sent that over the season. Do you want us to just write a staff one or do you want to write? No, 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 no. I'll take that one. <laughs> that one I'll take. Because <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so dumb that I just have to at least get a shot in on this. And because uh, it's not going to last long. I knew it wasn't going to last long. Now that now that the midterms are over with and we and we and we know what the final score is. Um, it just just this the bloodletting and the stupidity that that's on display McConnell needs to go. Uh, McCarthy needs to go. Ronald McDaniel needs to yeah. go. All these people are losers. Uh, yeah, okay, I I understand that it's sport. Republicans eat their own like no other no other uh, political entity in this country. It's always been thus, and it always will be so. I I, I totally understand that, and we we don't we don't uh we, we we use up our leaders here even our presidents we use up our presidents after a couple of terms they kind of they kind of get a little old and stale and we're kind of done with them uh, it by and large it just kind of happens but if we're going to talk about the losers um uh, my my vip column um, right. I, I i include a i i include a bit about my my home team the angels Last year, in May, mid-May, they were 10 games over 500. They were leading the American League West, and they were on top of the world. They were doing just fine. They played a weekend set, and then they proceeded to lose 14 straight. After uh, 12 of the 14-game slide, they fired their manager, Joe Madden. Now, why did they fire Joe Madden? Because he's the guy that put the players on the field every day. And for some reason, could not figure out a way. Once he put the players on the field, he couldn't find a way to get them to work together and, and actually win a game here and there. Yep. 
Did Ronna McDaniel recruit all of those candidates? Is it her job as the RNC chair to recruit all those candidates that just that just lost? Yeah, I kind of made that point um, yesterday, too, is that, you know, the, the reason why the RNC, the RNC electors who are all state all come from state party committees. Right. Are likely to line up behind Ronna McDaniels because they understand the job better, at least in terms of an organizational sense. I do think there's a direction sense that an RNC chair can exert. I also don't think that Ronna McDaniel's term has been all bad. I mean, she gained seats, House seats in 2020, which was pretty remarkable considering that we lost the presidency in that same yes. cycle. She and gained then we, seats in 2020 and she and she gained more seats in, in, in 2022. That's exactly right. Um, look, it, it, she's not the reason that we're in trouble right now. There, there, there is one. There is one manager, and it, it. I, I understand everybody wants to kind of pussyfoot around it and not, and not, you know, name names and 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 actually look at it. But if you actually look at the scoreboard in swing states, legitimate swing states that Joe Biden won in twenty sixteen, that the Republican won in twenty sixteen. I'm talking about Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, um, Michigan, you know, all these all these states that Republicans won in 2016 did not win in 2020. Joe Biden won in 2020 in those states in in campaigns for secretary of state, which is kind of important if you're talking about election integrity and all that stuff, secretary of state, governor, or senator. So, so those three contests in swing states won by Joe Biden, there were a total of 16 contests that had direct endorsements by Donald Trump. 16. Do you know what his record was in the, in the 22 cycle? He was uh, two. He was two and fourteen. He was two and fourteen. And and even the two, which was JD Vance and uh, no 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 JD Vance doesn't count. Ohio was a red state. It's oh, not I'm a sorry, yes, yeah, It's yeah, not. Right. It's not a swing state. So and, who are the two that won in the, in, in the um, swing states? Ron Johnson, Johnson. Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson, Wisconsin. Now. What did Ron Johnson bring to the table? An incumbent who is who is a fierce campaigner and has come from behind multiple times. You can you can say, yeah, Trump endorsed him, but Ron Johnson brought a lot to the table going into that Wisconsin race. It's not like he relied on on the uh, endorsement of Trump. Ron Johnson went to everybody's house personally in the entire state of Wisconsin in his truck, right? Well, yeah, I mean, also, I mean, it was really the RNC. It, it, well, actually, it was probably Mitch McConnell more than anything else. It was, it was Mitch McConnell's Senate Leadership Fund that dumped about $50 million into that race. Plus, plus he had the benefit of running against a really bad Candidate, uh, candidate who won who won free convicts yeah. everywhere in in a right. state that kind of didn't like crime going through the roof. So, so who's the second one? Uh, Joe Lombardo of uh, the, the governor elect of Nevada. Yeah, but I mean Joe Lombardo was I mean, also a name and a player in Nevada politics. He was the longtime sheriff of Clark County, 
and he had name ID. Everybody knew who he was. It's not like it's not like Trump picked him out of a phone book and said, he's my guy, right? And he had to build up name ID. Lombardo had that going in. Well, also, Lombardo wasn't really a, I mean, as far as I ever heard, was not a, you know, 2020 election. election he, he, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't running on 2020. He was no, running Adam on- Adam Laxalt was. And that's the reason right. why Adam Laxalt lost right. The, the most the most vulnerable the two most vulnerable Senate Democrats this cycle were Maggie Hassan and Catherine Cortez Masto. Both of them should have lost. Both of them he, should have been beat. Yes. Yeah, right. If Chris if Chris Sununu could have been recruited to run, and I don't think he's going to because I think he wants to run for president instead. But if Chris Sununu would have been recruited to run for Senate. Would he beat Maggie Hassan? Oh, it blown blown her out. I by, mean, by it, seven it, eight points. Who was it? Um, who was the other uh, person in the primaries that uh, Chuck Morse? Chuck Morse, yeah, Chuck Morse would have beaten Maggie Hassan, be, or at least would have been very close. He would have beat her outside margin of error. Yeah. Yep. Because I don't know. I don't know who you run. I don't know who you run in Nevada. Black Salt's a pretty big name. Um, just family name. Black Salt is pretty big. I don't know if anybody would have beaten Adam Laxalt in a primary anyway, but clearly that issue is not moving voters. I mean, at the very least you can say is that issue does not move voters. <laughs> it just doesn't. Right. Nobody cares about it right now. But but for but for people online and for people on the right that are trying to say this this uh, this election cycle was a disaster. We need to we need to get rid of McConnell. We need to get rid of McCarthy. We need to get rid of Ron McDaniel. No. They're not the ones that endorsed the candidates. Who who's the one that endorsed the candidates that lost? I I under I understand in Arizona that the the, the I, I will say this. Let, let's disconnect it from who endorsed who, because a lot of candidates, a lot of people endorsed all these candidates, right? At different times, right? I mean, Ron DeSantis was campaigning, or at least was was endorsing some of these same candidates late in the cycle. We're talking about endorsing the primaries, of course. We're talking about who recruited these candidates. Right. And let's just disconnect it from personalities and and note that the issues that are driving Donald Trump are not driving voters. There's a complete disconnect there. Nobody yes. is nobody cares about the 2020 election. Nobody wants to see him terminate the constitution or have him appointed president. The uh, stick or, is the, the stick has become toxic with voters. Right. And that's it just it just has. So so let's take the broader look at this. Republicans are going to have to figure out what voters actually care about and campaign on that. Now they they didn't do this in 2018. They campaigned on border security when everybody was concerned about health care. The economy was great. They didn't even bother running on the economy. They ran on border security when everybody just assumed that they were going to fix that when they elected Trump in 2016 and ended up getting their asses handed to them. And, you know, kind of, you know, sort of a typical first term, midterm ass handing, right? Um, 2020, uh, you know, you had Donald Trump who was running on chaos again and people were tired of chaos. It was a huge, massive turnout. Certainly there were issues with the huge, massive turnout, but he ends up losing because he couldn't contain the chaos and 
was making the election about himself and people were looking for an alternative to that. They were tired right. of the chaos. Right. Um, 2022, uh, they ran on crime, turned out to be not quite the same <laughs> issue, you know, the same amplitude on that issue that they thought. Um, they, uh, the Democrats ran on abortion and Republicans missed how important that was going to be and had backed away from the abortion debate thinking that if they didn't talk about it, it wasn't going to come back to bite them. And that turned out to be a tactical mistake. And the issue is, you know, I talk about this in my book over and over again. The issue is you've got to be part of these communities and understand what it is that's driving voters, you know, what their concerns are in their lives. And Democrats aren't very good at this either. <laughs> they just happen to luck out this time. Well, they uh, have one, they happen to luck out, and two, they happen to have a a media that 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 picks up what their failings are. Republicans don't have that luxury, so they have to be better as candidates. They gotta be better at this. They gotta they be just, better. They, they have got they have How to is- not they have to they have to give a message besides the economy sucks, crime is bad, all this stuff is bad my opponent's a piece of crap right that's that's fine and that's and that's all well and fine and true but that's not what voters want to hear what voters want to hear is okay if we if we put you in what are you going to be able to do about it yep yep and that's what they didn't do they ran on my our our opponents are poopy heads yeah That, that that will get you so far but only so far at some point, you have to tell people what you're going to do and what the you stand last time, and you have to contextualize time. it for their lives. And that's the part, that's the piece that's missing. We're great at 30,000 foot messaging as conservatives. We're terrible at telling people in, you know, Tampa, Florida, what that actually means for their community. Right. Uh, and, and I mean, this is, there's only been one you, master you know, of this, and that's Barack Obama. Well, I mean, Democrats you, are bad at this. Do you know who actually did go down the stretch and close with a, a pretty good positive vision of 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 accomplishments that they did do yeah. as that would be Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, yeah. He yeah, actually Frank Abbott to a certain extent here in Texas too, but Ron right. DeSantis was far right. and better. Yeah. This DeSantis didn't spend the last month just saying that Charlie Crist was was, you know you know, a, 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 a nonsensical candidate. I mean, he dismissed him, yes. And he ran negative ads, yes. But he also played up to his strengths, which was he got a lot done and played yep. up the accomplishments. Yep. And and again, it's because Ron DeSantis knows how to campaign. That's the kind of guy that you want as as an example and probably as your as your banner carrier. Why did, uh, why did Glenn Youngkin win uh he won because he identified issues that voters cared about in in suburbs of virginia and it wasn't all negative there was plenty of negativity to it but he also uh said here's what i'm going to do when i'm in and you'll be surprised to learn that once he got into office he's starting to march down that list and accomplish the things he he promised he would do i'm not surprised at all I'm not surprised at all. This is, you know, this is, this is how you. Uh, Republicans have to turn the page. They've got to get better at their messaging. They've got to get, they've got to get a tremendously amount better at, at uh, candidate recruitment. Absolutely. I know in the past, the chairs of the NRSC and the chair of the NRCC kind of got in hot water and the party got itself in hot water 
because they were perceived by the base as putting their thumb on the scale for establishment types or, or this and that and 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 kind of playing favorites in in primary in contested primary races. And so there was a reaction, okay, we're gonna go totally hands off. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pick anybody. We're not gonna add extra money here and there because it's an incumbent or whatever else. I'm sorry, I think we snapped back too much the other way. We can't let the crazies and we can't let Democrats crossing over in open primaries pick crazy candidates for us. Yeah, if it means if it means we have a slate of candidates where um, you've got Dr. Oz versus uh, Dave McCormick in a primary. I'm sorry, the NRSC should have been a little bit more Dave McCormicky because I think yeah. if Dave McCormick would have been the the nominee, if we could have got made him the the uh, the the nominee over Oz, in spite of what the Fever Swamp wanted, um, I think we have we have at least a 50-50 Senate right now. Yeah, you know, people have been saying, because I say candidate quality matters, they say, well, what about John Fetterman? It's like, well, there's two things about that. John Fetterman had a stroke, right? Which voters there apparently are thinking is a temporary issue rather than a permanent issue. Whether they're right or wrong, that's apparently what they thought. But the other yeah. thing is, is that if you didn't run a snake oil salesman who was carpet bagging in the first place, See, that's, you, might have, been able thing, to, you is, might have been able to beat John Fetterman. If, if, if you're going to try and defeat my my uh my quality argument on on candidate recruitment if you're if you're going to defeat that argument by by pointing to john fetterman you can say whatever you want about john fetterman there was nobody in the state that didn't think that john fetterman was a true pennsylvanian right also i would also add to that don't run doug mastriano at the top of your ticket against, See, that i guess i was telling that i was telling somebody about this before the election and I said, you know what you've got in Pennsylvania? You've got four candidates at the top of the ballot, and there's only one quality candidate among them, and that's Josh Shapiro. Unfortunately, he's in the wrong party. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody would have beat Josh Shapiro this No, time. nobody was going to beat Josh Shapiro. But, you know, when you put Doug Mastriano at the top of the ticket, um, you know. <laughs> and you lose an by election 20? denier. I, I mean, a, a, a flat-out election denier in a cycle where nobody gives a damn about um, PG-13. Nobody gives a damn about the 2020 election anymore. Right. What do you expect? I mean, that, and, and that had to have had an impact on Oz's chances, too. Now, Oz yeah. lost by a wide enough margin where it was clear he wasn't going to win anyway. But again, why, why was Oz in there in the first place? Because he was a celebrity candidate and uh, Donald Trump recruited him for his celebrity. So that's it. That's it. So Oz lost by five, six, I think five points, five points. It was in that range. Yeah. What did Mastriano lose by? Fourteen points. Okay. So if a, I recall correctly, I believe. I believe so so I, I, you know, who knows? Pick pick somebody that that's a that's a conventional Republican that's not crazy, and instead of losing by fourteen, they lose by six. Right. Does Oz get closer? Well, he gets closer. I don't know if he wins, but he gets closer. Right. I think that there were a lot of people who just looked at the Republican ticket in Pennsylvania and said, why am I bothering? Right. You know, what's the point? You've got a nutcase and you've got a carpet bagging snake, snake oil salesman. Literally, right. almost literally a snake oil salesman, right? 
So Steve Daines is the new NRSC guy. Um, he should be doing candidate recruitment right now. And I mean, we've got to, we've got to tighten up and make sure that we, I mean, it could have been worse. We could have had uh, Eric Greitens in, in Missouri and we would have lost another seat. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, look exactly. in, in, instead the establishment and, and there, there was a, there was kind of a thumb put on the scale there to a degree and a lot more resources went into Eric Schmidt because the, the party knew that it would be disastrous if if Greitens was the nominee in Missouri. And instead, Eric Schmidt became the nominee and he won by 10 points, 11 points. I mean, the, 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 the National Party didn't have to spend a dime in that race. The Democrats basically left it uncontested once Schmidt was the was the uh, nominee. If you put a quality candidate in, by and large, they did pretty well this year. The by and large, yeah. By and large, they did. Dwayne, we're going to have to wrap this up because we're getting we're running long yeah. here. Okay, so okay, we do need to find out what's coming up on tomorrow morning's Hugh Hewitt show. Well, tomorrow morning, I'm sure we will have our normal weekly conversation with Dr. Larry Arn. We will also, I'm pulling up my little calendar, uh we'll talk to admiral james stavridis um, always a great guest by the way admiral always stavridis. a great always guest great. i'm yeah. sure we will i'm sure we will talk about the uh the uh trade among other things the wnba um, trade the, the wnba trade and and if that was a smart thing to do with russia um so we'll we'll talk about that with uh with the admiral uh, and I'm sure we will talk about the the coming China Select Committee that's uh, that's going to get uh, stood up by Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. Um, looks like Mike Gallagher, uh, a regular weekly guest of of ours from Wisconsin, it looks like he's got the inside track to be the chair of that uh, committee, and and um, that's going to be the most important takeaway of of this Congress in the next two years is is what they do on this China committee. It'd be interesting that in the Afghanistan committee, which is apparently getting spun up here too. Yes, yes, we're, we're much looking forward to that. That's that's the most, that's the most important investigation that Republicans are going to do. Not because of the political implications, but because what happened in Afghanistan was a disgrace, and Congress should have already been unwinding that, and they haven't right. done it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that most of all. That's it, 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 it is scandalous by any by any measure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's coming up at 6 a.m. Eastern time uh, tomorrow, Friday morning, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. And if you are a member of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com, you can watch this show live on video uh, at uh, three o'clock in the morning on the left coast. <laughs> if you're not a member of the universe, you're going to have to tune it in on your AM radio dial Dwayne, what should people do if they can't find it on their AM radio dial? You go into the general manager's office of a station we should be on, and you go in with Brittany Griner, and you can say you can either you can either put Hugh Hewitt on, or you have to take Brittany Griner. One of the two. <laughs> I was going to say we're going to swap your 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 station manager for uh, for Paul Whelan. If you don't put Hugh Hewitt on the air, but either one of those will work. You see, we were, we were, we were, we, we were tracking, we were going down, we were going down the same road. Well, we're looking at trades. <laughs> yes. We were looking at trades. 
this is, you know, this is Ernie Obrolio for Lou Brock. Actually, no, I take that back. Bo Bergdahl for the Taliban Five was Ernie Brolio for Lou Brock. Um, this was, this may have been Herschel Walker for um, 11, um, uh, for 11, um, uh, you know, uh, Vikings. <laughs> I don't know what, th this is not a good trade. I, I am very happy though. Brittany Griner is on her way back to America. That's where she belongs. But this was not a good trade, and yeah. uh, and, and so we're and, just gonna we're just gonna keep our fingers crossed that they're actually doing something for Paul Whelan and Mark Fogel to get them back home uh, in some sort of parallel deal, and that that will take place soon. And so, we will and we will soon we will soon see uh, her political chops as she uh, works her way into the uh, Arizona senatorial campaign. Yeah, sure. I already owe. I, I, I already have a bet with uh, Adam Baldwin uh, about Ron DeSantis getting into the the presidential election. The steak dinner. It's got to be a good steak dinner too. We've 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 decided that we're going to make sure it's a good steak dinner. Shall we? Shall you what, and I? What what what, 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 what of, of whether he get of whether DeSantis I'm gets betting, in? He's betting that DeSantis won't get in because Trump's in. I'm saying no. Nope, he's got to get in this cycle. It's this is the setup or else. Oh, so that's, we, that's, 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 that's going to be, that's going to be the best, uh, the, the best steak of your life. Uh, I know. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be I, I, I can't imagine Adam took that, took, took that bet. No, I was actually saying that I would fly out to uh, California to, to do that. I was going to suggest the Tribuca Oak Steakhouse, but oh, apparently so... that's closed. Oh, Somebody, told me really? that closed. Somebody told me that closed. Yeah. Huh. That was awesome. That was an um, awesome. Steakhouse. Look, uh, the, the the, the leading indicator on whether or not DeSantis runs is the health and attitude of Casey DeSantis. If she if, if she was if she was still battling the cancer thing and um, it was nip and tuck and they were kind of setting her off the side and hiding her and and uh, there was some you know home issues going on there and it looked like you know she wasn't gonna she wasn't gonna make it because of the cancer treatment and whatever else he he would have already checked himself out saying he would have done the Sherman-esque thing saying hey I got I got enough on my plate as it is right now I no 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 um she's got a clean bill of health she's been reported out as having a clean bill of health and the inside track from People that are watchers down there say that she she wants him to go. It she said this is our time, and if she's on board that that they want to go, he's going to go. He's going to go. <clears throat> we can talk that about that another that's, time. That's that's I mean that, that that was that was a that was a sucker bet by Baldwin, and I, and I and I love Adam in pieces, but I can't believe he made that bet. That's a sucker's bet. Well. I, I'm going to be enjoying that steak dinner when it when when oh when I would I I would I would too I'm just I'm just saying you're, I would just enjoy it just because hanging out with Adam is a blast <laughs> you oh, know this. I know this absolutely oh absolutely I'm just I'm just saying you know you're 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 snatching you're snatching candy out of the yeah out of the out of the mouth of the of the kid in the stroller right I will not be too proud to to insist on unfulfilling it either that's what I'm just saying that right now I'm not going to be too proud to insist on fulfilling that by the way don't forget. Tomorrow, also, the uh, Amiable Skeptics returns uh, after a brief hiatus. So um, I'm actually recording that this afternoon with Adam. We'll have the first episode up tomorrow, uh, probably in the morning. So be sure to tune in for that. All right, Dwayne Genelismo-Patterson, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week, sir. See you guys. And stay tuned for one last message from the Ed Morrissey Show coming up right now.
Thanks for watching and listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. I just want to drop you a note to remind you that we are still going into 2024 with guns blazing, if you will, and with all sorts of momentum uh, going towards Republicans, even after a disappointing midterm cycle, there is plenty of reason to be hopeful about what's coming up in 2024. There is also plenty of reason to worry about the impact that big tech and government agencies like DHS are going to have on the political debate, especially on big social media platforms. That's why it is still more important than ever to support uh, Hot Air and our other town hall properties by becoming a VIP or a VIP Gold member. Now, being a VIP member or a VIP Gold member <clears throat> means that you can comment on the posts and the comment sections are getting very lively, great comment sections. We're really getting a good commentary out there in the, in the com boxes. But you also get exclusive content such as Dwayne Patterson's twice-weekly columns, Tom Jackson's twice-weekly columns from Florida, which is going to be a key uh, battleground in 2024 and a key indicator, especially if Ron DeSantis does get into the race, as we expect, of where the Republican Party is going to go. We've got... The Amiable Skeptics with Adam Baldwin and I, twice weekly, two episodes a week, uh, our video presentation exclusive for VIP members. Plus, we have the VIP Gold Chat with Cam Edwards of BearingArms.com. It's the most fun hour of the week. And I can tell you that both Cam and I will, uh, every single time, make that claim. The most fun hour of the week. And our VIP Gold members get a chance to participate in it by putting in their comments and questions, and we respond directly to those. In fact, that's the entire reason for having that one-hour chat on Wednesdays at 1.30 Eastern time. Uh, if you're a VIP or VIP Gold member, you can uh, you can be part of that, and you can use the promo code SAVEAMERICA, Save America, and get a 25% discount off of VIP and VIP Gold membership. So be sure to do that. Thanks for your time. Thanks for watching The Ed Morrissey Show.